Hey y'all, this is Chris Lennon, and you're listening to the Sparkle in the Mess podcast. I come to you as a recently divorced single mom, and I come to you with honesty and vulnerability. I invite you to join me in my struggles and on my journey towards self-improvement. If you're currently going through a messy life situation and you're looking for some encouragement, you've come to the right place. Hi, and welcome to Sparkle in the Mess podcast. I am your host, Chris Lennon, and I am so happy to have you listening to me today. Um, I hope you guys are having a great day wherever you are listening to this. I hope it's just been a great day for you so far. Um, Today, I wanted to come on here and talk about celebrating the small victories. Now, it's been a minute since I've recorded a podcast, and I'm going to tell you why in just a little bit, and it ties into our topic. Um, So, hope that you get some something out of this and learn to, well, celebrate the small victories, right? So if you follow me on social media, and if you don't, by the way, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm just at Sparkle in the Mess. So after this podcast, hop on over to those platforms and go ahead and follow me. If you do follow me, thank you so much. I appreciate the follow and the love. And you probably know that I am, well, obviously a single mom as my introduction to the podcast states, but that I also suffer from depression. And it has been something that I have struggled with for years and years. And something that I've been treated for for years. And I do believe that it has a biological factor to it. I think that, you know, depression is multifaceted and we used to not know much about it because it used to be very like hush-hush and one of those like not okay things to say that you are. But now more and more people are opening up about their struggle with depression and we are get we are starting to research it more and understand more about it. And which is a great thing because depression left untreated. Oh, by the way, I have a blog that you definitely should go and subscribe to. It is www.sparkleinthemess.com and that's probably where I've written the most about my depression and my struggles with it. So if you or someone you know struggles with um, with this, please, please share my blog with them. I started the blog as um, sort of like a therapy for myself. Um as I was going through the last year and a half of my life and going through separation and divorce, and I was in therapy, um, 
my therapist asked if I ever journaled. And I have in the past, like years and years ago, you know, would always keep a journal. But um, actually, um, what had what happened was, well, I had my journal out one day and um, someone read it. And um, someone that was really close to me uh, read it and confronted me about some of the things that I had written in the journal. And, you know, your journal is your own private space. It is where you go to kind of let loose your emotions, whether good or bad. And it's a very private thing. It's very intimate. And I'm not a very, as much as I try to live a pretty transparent life, I'm not very open when it comes to really digging deep and sharing like the deep, deep hurts or the, you know, even the deep, deep joys. You really, I really have to know you and trust you for a while in order to do that. And even then it's something that I just struggle with. I just protect, it's like a self-preservation thing and just protect myself um, in that way. And so when this person When I found out that this person had, and this was probably like five years ago, when this person had breached that and read my journal and confronted me about some things, I was totally destroyed. I mean, I really felt very, like, so vulnerable. And it was something that I did not enjoy feeling at all. And I just basically was like, I'm never going to keep a journal again because I clearly can't trust anybody. And I, you know, I'm just, that is, that's not safe for me anymore to keep a journal. And so my therapist, when she brought that up, I, you know, retold her that story and she, you know, made sense to her why I don't do it. But she said, it's very, very therapeutic. It can be very good. And that she was afraid that part of my, um, I guess, struggle and kind of inability to like really move forward was because I wasn't, I didn't have um, an outlet, a safe outlet to release these thoughts and emotions to. So ironically, (laughs) because it seems like I didn't want to journal because I felt like someone was going to read it and I didn't want my thoughts known. But then all of a sudden, ironically, I start a blog and I like somehow feel it's okay to write some of the most intimate personal things I go through in a blog that is accessible to literally anyone with a computer and an internet (laughs) and the internet. I don't know why I in my mind that that felt safer. I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't know the person on the other end reading it. And it's not someone, I mean, it, it, you know, I have family that reads my blog. So kind of within my walls or under my roof, sort of, you know, kind of thing. But for the most part, I guess I just, in my mind, think I'm writing in a safe space. I don't know. It's bizarre. So just whatever, let's just pretend that that makes sense and we'll move on. So 
Anyway, in this blog where I talk most about my struggles with depression and um, I think my point being, my point was that depression is getting more and more okay to talk about, especially after so many celebrities have committed suicide and, and it has been traced back to the fact that they were suffering from depression. The more it's out there, the more we know about it, the more it's going to get treated and the more people are going to get help, which is, which is awesome. And I do believe that it, there is a strong biological component to it. And I'm also a pharmacist. If y'all didn't know that about me, I'm a pharmacist. And so I do believe in drugs. (laughs) I mean, it's what pays me. So I am a legal drug dealer. I am a huge proponent for drugs. So stay on drugs. (laughs) Gosh, that sounds awful. I hope no one listened to that out of context because, gosh, the police might be knocking down my door any moment. Um, What I mean by that is I do believe that there are disease states that can be treated with um, chemical compounds that have been created in a lab to alter the biological mechanism that occurs in the body so that the disease state can be eradicated or um, at least somewhat um, helped or, you know, whatever. So anyway, I um, went, let's see, I recorded my last podcast in early December and I got divorced this is going to be kind of a long story. I'm going to try to make it short. So I got divorced October 31st. And the past year and a half, I had been on my husband's insurance. And I knew that once we got divorced, that I was no longer going to be under his insurance. So I had looked at some insurance plans and I had signed up for one. But I guess I didn't read the fine print. It wasn't going to be effective or active until the first of the year. So it's October 31st. I get divorced. November 1st, I no longer have insurance. Okay. And um, my, so I see a therapist and I see a psychiatrist. Uh, I'm a son on a monthly basis. And, you know, I'm, I'm on medication for my depression, so I get prescriptions filled. And to be honest, these prescriptions are not cheap. They are pretty expensive. And again, when I signed up for the um, my insurance, I somehow did not realize that I was not going to have insurance for two months because it wasn't going to start until January 1st. So I found myself in November... Um, without insurance and without pharmacy coverage. And I went to the pharmacy to fill my prescriptions and it was going to be like over $2,000 for a month. And I just was, you know, like I couldn't do that. Like that's a ton of money. And I was in a pretty decent space like in a pretty decent time or felt like I was in a pretty decent, um, like, uh, headspace, I guess at the time, even though I had recent, like my divorce had just been finalized. I still felt, you know, kind of stable, I guess. And I thought, okay, well, I can just not do medication for 
two months and then I'll restart in January, it should be fine. Like, I'm fine. I'll just, you know, it might be a little bit of a struggle, but I'm fine. I will be okay. Well, I was not okay. <laughs> I was definitely not okay. And I should have known better. I definitely should have known better, especially as a pharmacist, right? Like, it's so funny. If you have any friend, or maybe you are, um, you practice medicine or, or in the health care field, maybe you're a nurse or, you know, whatever. Um, we are the worst patients. You know, the, those of us that have professions in the healthcare industry, I feel like we can tell everyone else exactly what needs to be done. But then when it comes to taking that advice when we need it, like we just don't do it. So I definitely should have known better to than to just go off my medication, but I did it anyway. And my therapist, what she says, she always reminds me, like, Chris, it is like, I've never, or she doesn't say I'm, I never, but she's like, I see in you so much how the medication helps you. Like, it is a light switch that goes on or turns off, whether you're on medication or you're off of it. And it's something that is so simple for you to do. Like you just take your medicine every day and you are in a completely different like mental, emotional level than if you stop. Like it, you drop so drastically into this like deep vast crevasse or whatever that word is. And so she's constantly kind of reminding me, even though you're feeling good, don't stop taking your medications, yada, yada, yada. So again, I should have known better. And what I also didn't do is I also didn't go see my therapist for these November or December. And so I didn't have any medication on board. I had stopped seeing my therapist and it was, it was like a light switch. It was like, you know, those medications take a little time to get out of your system. And man, I, whew, I struggled. I, um, I almost, to be honest, I almost, I was taken to the hospital and I was almost admitted as an inpatient, um, into the psychiatric program at the hospital here. So it was not good. <laughs> not good. I have since gotten back on medication my insurance kicked in, which honestly didn't seem to make a huge difference because I have a ginormous deductible. And so I feel like I'm paying almost just as much for my medications. But I, and I started seeing my therapist again. So I am much, much better. Like I'm almost kind of back to my normal, or I guess normal, happy or whatever. Um, so that's good. And um, all that, gosh, I took 15 minutes to say all that. Okay, so all that um, to kind of give you the background of today's podcast topic, which is celebrating the small victories. And I wanted you guys to know where I was so that this topic, celebrating the small victories, would be more, I guess, profound or more... Um, you know, based on a real situation, like something that I lived through and something that I um, experienced and, you know, am sharing because it is what helped me. So when I got taken to the hospital, it was um, really, really hard to, to be there, to look around and just 
kind of think of how lost I was and maybe not lost, but just how hopeless I was feeling and how um, dreary the days were and how much I was struggling to do just, I mean, honestly, to breathe was hard. Breathing was hard. Keeping my eyes open was hard, um, let alone, you know, socializing. That wasn't, that was just impossible. And just like the medications take a while to leave your system, they take a while to kick in. So when I left and I left the hospital on sort of like a verbal contract that I was going to get back on medication ASAP and, you know, schedule an appointment with my therapist and be like closely monitored by the people around me to make sure that I was following through and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, I went to the pharmacy and um, it was before the first of the year. It was like two days before the first of the year, which again, ironic, but like sucked. And, but I just paid for a couple days worth of each medication so that I could come back and pay for the full month after the first of the year. But so I put up, you know, nice chunk of change for that and, um, knew that it was still going to take, you know, at least three weeks before I started feeling somewhat better. And I would say I'm on the third week now. So, I've come a long way, but during the that the first couple days and the first week and second week, I I knew that I was going to have to find the strength within me to make it through the next couple weeks until the medication kicked in. And I, you know, the beginning of the year, I guess the good looking back, the good the timing was good because in the beginning, at the beginning of the year, everyone want, is motivated to like, you know, recreate their, their lives and renew their commitment to health and fitness and self-improvement and goals like that. So that kind of stuff was all around me. I mean, on social media, there was all, all kinds of ads for self-betterment and, um, there was tons of like, you know, even free programs out there that you could, like challenges per se, that you could sign up for and do. And every day you, um, you know, watched a motivational video or listened to a gung-ho speech or, you know, you're, you joined a Facebook group with people that could keep you accountable and encourage you and, you know, whatever journey you decided to, to go um, or on whatever goal you wanted, you want to accomplish at the beginning of the year, there seems there's a ton of support for that. It's like a movement, right? So, um, the good news is that I was able to find, you know, I was able to find a lot of support because I wasn't trying to find motivation, just me by myself. It was like, everyone around me was trying to find motivation and to improve their lives and setting new goals. And so it felt like I was just riding the wave. And instead of, instead of it just being like this individual, like Chris is struggling kind of thing, it was sort of like, I felt, you know, I'm just one of the people that are setting new goals for the new year. If that makes any sense. I feel like I'm rambling. So each day, 
my main, you know, I would get up and, okay, that, and that's a whole nother story. Each day, as much as I did not want to get up. So I don't know if I've said this on a podcast before, but the hardest part of my day, the by far the hardest part of my day is getting up. I struggle so much with getting up. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that I just feel overwhelmed or it's not necessarily like tired. I mean, it is sometimes, a lot of times, but there's just, I I do, it's like this sense of doom or something to the day. And it is just so hard for me to shake that off. And in that time, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, when I was like really, really almost at the very, very bottom, I was really struggling with that. And one of the things that did help me is knowing, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm gonna, I have a podcast to listen to, or I have to watch today's video, or I'll check in with, you know, my friend who's helping me keep accountable, or, you know, there was things that helped me get out of bed. And that is, it sounds so contrite, like when I first even said, like, or go back two minutes or whatever, and I said, you know, I would get out, I would get up, get out of bed. I mean, I just sped past that sentence and then went back and said and explained to you guys that it was a real struggle. So it sounds so contrite to say, yeah, I got out of bed, I ate breakfast, I took a shower, I did some reading, I went. You know, I worked out and then I went to go drop off my kid at school. You know, like those things just sound like normal daily activities that most of y'all don't think twice about doing. It's like automated, right? Well, for me, it wasn't, Um, especially during that time a couple weeks ago when I was really struggling. I really had to intentionally get out of bed and I had to intentionally pretty much drag myself to the bathroom and brush my teeth and it was an effort to even think about showering and putting on clothes. Like it was so overwhelming that a lot of times I just wanted to turn around and get back in bed. Um, So what helped me... And normally, or sometimes, or in the past, I've gotten frustrated with myself, and I've come to this place where I'm like, Chris, this is so ridiculous. Like, you don't need to struggle this much to just get out of bed. You, like, you don't need to struggle to take a shower. This is ridiculous. And you need to, like, snap out of it. You need to get yourself together. And I would, like, guilt myself and instead of showing self-love and embracing where I was, I would, I would guilt myself and shame myself. And you know, that wasn't helping. And this time around, I, thanks to the podcast and I'm just, I'll throw out the name. So Mel Robbins did a mindset reset that I participated, participating and participating in the angry therapist. I don't know if y'all know the angry therapist, but he's He's great. I love, he has a podcast that I listen to. I love it. Rachel Hollis on Instagram. I follow her and she's always very uplifting. Um, So I had, those were kind of the tools that I used to help me. 
and uh, and also my friends and family and my close family family and friends. Now I forgot what I, where I was going with that. So, well, so what I did differently this time or what I found myself doing differently this time is giving myself a lot more grace than I ever have. And instead of mid-morning being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much you're struggling right now, or I can't believe that it took you so long to get out of bed or whatever. I instead looked at the last couple hours and was and celebrated. And I said, you know, to myself, I was like, good job, Chris, you got out of bed. And I know that sounds so sarcastic and silly, but I, I was, I was being serious. Like, good, good job getting out of bed. Like you did it. That's a, that was a huge struggle and you did it. You climbed that mountain and then, you know, good job putting up the, emptying the dishwasher. Like you felt like you wanted to crawl back in bed and you or like lay on the floor and you didn't. You put the dishes up and awesome job, Chris, walking your dog. Look, you you had to take Rutledge out and instead of just letting him go to the bathroom and bringing him back inside, you walked around the entire apartment complex and, you know, good job. Like, that was really, really good. So I started celebrating these tiny, tiny small victories or what seems like tiny, tiny small victories, but actually they were <laughs> huge victories. And I get that's the point. That's what I wanted to drive home um, with this podcast is to encourage you wherever you are, but especially if you are going through a rough time whether it's with your job or whether it's with your um, your friend, your roommate, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your parents, whether it's a relationship that you're going through a hard time with, whether it's something like depression, whether it's a health issue, I, I encourage you to start giving yourself a little bit of more grace and to celebrate your small victories and you know what those small victories are that you need to celebrate. Like turn, like take a moment at towards the end of your day and look back at all that you accomplished. You know, maybe you were in traffic and instead of flipping someone off and cutting this other person off, you took a deep breath and you did not engage in road rage or, you know, whatever it was. But I think that all of us, any of us, if we take a moment to look back at our day and kind of break it down into these like little increments that we will find places and moments where we were victorious. And I think it's very extremely, extremely valuable for you to recognize these moments and to celebrate them within yourself. You know, you don't have to tell your friends and family or whatever. I mean, I, I did. I remember one morning I miraculously, like I don't even know how I did it, but I miraculously went to the gym. I got up, I got enough strength and energy to say, okay, today I'm going to the gym. And normally when I'm like feeling good, going to the gym is a daily thing that I do. And I usually run, you know, for 30 or 45 minutes, do some weights or whatever. Like I, I really enjoy that. And but this, well, these last two months, two and a half months, um, I have not at all. And it seems like insurmountable or like just incomprehensible to do anything like that. 
And so I went to the, I went to the gym, which that in itself is, it was a huge thing. And I, I worked out for, I timed myself. I worked out for 23 minutes and I instinctively, instinctively, the very first thought I had was, Chris, you only made it 23 minutes. Like that is pathetic. And then immediately I was like, no, Chris, not only did you go to the gym, you made it 23 agonizing minutes. Like when you didn't think you have this, you had the strength to get out of bed this morning. Not only did you get out of bed, you got yourself to the gym and you exerted energy that you didn't think you had and you made it 23 minutes. That is huge. 23 minutes became this huge number and a sense of accomplishment. And I texted a couple of my friends who knew, who could relate to my struggles and who knew how, how, um, how much I was struggling. And so I knew they were going to be supportive and not like laugh at me with that. And they were, they were like, wow, we're so proud of you. Like, I'm just, this makes me so happy to hear this. And, you know, so, and then another small victory. I remember one day, it was probably like 10 days ago or something. I like took time or I kind of cared about what I was going to wear that day. And for the last two and a half months, like, honestly, I could care less what I looked like. I mean, I wasn't making any effort to impress anyone. (laughs) Um, But I remember getting out of the shower and being like, ooh, what am I going to wear today? I kind of want to look decent. And that, that was a huge victory. And I shared that with my friends. And I was like, I actually thought about and took time to look like a normal functioning person of society today. And, you know, like those just seem so insignificant when you say them, um, I guess out of context, but when I look back and I remember where I was and how much I was struggling, there were huge victories. And again, I just encourage you to take a look at your small victories and celebrate those. And also know that they they probably really aren't small victories. They probably are great victories that you just kind of overlooked. And think that the more we train ourselves to look upon and celebrate these small victories, the easier and the better we will be moving forward. Like we will um, have more confidence and we will have more hope and we will kind of look forward to the next challenge in our lives. And we will um, know that if we're going through a hard time, it's for growth purposes and we'll be able to look back and see how far we've come. Cause I think that's huge to be able to acknowledge how far you've come. And I think we all have come very far. You've, you've come very far in whatever it is that you're struggling with. It may not feel like it, but if you stop, even if you're in smack dab middle of it and I'm kind of coming out of mine, but even when I was a smack dab in the middle of it, I, having taken time to glance back, I realized that I had come far. I was going forward. I was getting out of the trenches, as the angry therapist likes to say. So anyway, um, that's it for this podcast. And I hope that you were able to relate 
to it in some way. And I hope that you're able to um, come away with it with, uh, I hope that it added value to your day. So thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope it was somewhat helpful and I hope to have you join me on the next episode. This is Chris Lennon with the Sparkle in the Mess podcast.